the State College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of the State College Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hosselter. And I'm Nathan Grello. And today we are going to review the much-anticipated Central Dauphin East versus State College game. And we'll also get into the Harrisburg uh, preview. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. And, of course, we're going to have those picks against the spread. But first, before all of that, we're going to do a little discussion about our experiences with the live podcast. Which, it was a fun time, I guess. We um, had a pretty good discussion with Cam McCurdy regarding some football before the game. Um, shout out to our only two watchers of that, uh, live watchers, but yeah, a lot of people have watched it after it was posted, so hopefully you saw it. If you didn't see it, go check it out and you'll see how wrong we were probably because we were wrong on a couple of things. I was wrong. Well, I of course was not wrong because I foresaw the conclusion of this game, but all joking aside, it was a good time. Uh, we ended up setting up in the park. That's uh, behind the stadium. Um, there was a decent bit of noise, but we were able to... Apparently, the audio was actually pretty good, so I think we're happy about that. Yeah, while we were recording, the CD East drumline just started <laughs> banging away with like 10 minutes left to go in the live podcast, and we're like, all right, we should probably <laughs> finish this up so it doesn't mess up our audio, but... It, yeah, it for some reason, right. they literally came into the park to practice their drums. So that was a little interesting. I thought it's it was kind of funny. I thought it was funny how, like, after the game, the CD East guys were marching and they actually had, like, their own little song. They were like, we lost, you won, we lost, you won. It was, it was like, funny at the time. But... Wow. I, I wish <laughs> I would have heard that. That sounds actually like a good time. But it was like their own, like, like, um unique drum march just to those words so i guess when they win they just switch them around but like they were walking marching through the park to that and i was like that's savage and i love it <laughs> yeah it was it was a pretty good time uh it was a beautiful evening you know great evening for football it wasn't too cold but definitely a nice christmas to the air if you didn't make it out it's a real shame it was a lot of fun um great game you know uh Really just a good experience overall. Hopefully we can do another one in the future. Um, honestly, we don't have much time till the season's over, and then after that we're graduating, so I don't know when we'll fit one of those in, but maybe at some point, you know. Although we do have possibly some two junior podcasters that we might um, throw on here in a couple of weeks, so look out for them. Yeah, we won't reveal their identities yet, but some of you guys may have seen them on the sidelines with us. Um, it was actually kind of a interesting coincidence i i'm friends with the one and honestly i had never met the other one before and basically we were doing the podcast and i just during the live show and i just noticed oh he came over to watch the show live and i was like wow isn't that nice and so afterwards i went up and talked to him i was like you know hey what you know what's going on joy football all that so we're just making small talk and he ended up talking about how he's you know into football and all that stuff so we figured we'd uh, give him one of our extra press passes, take him down the field, and have him help us out with a few things, you know, just be an assistant. And he has expressed definite interest in helping us pass the torch. So 
be looking out for him in the future. It's going to be good. And they're sophomores, too, which helps. They got two years in the bag. No, I think the one's <laughs> a junior. Oh, well. In almost. any case, <laughs> in any case, um, we might he might be in the same situation next year, but by then it won't be our problem. So <laughs> We will be blissfully unaware. I mean, we'll probably still listen if it's still happening. But Oh, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to try to make it out to some of the games because, you know, if I can. I mean, state college football is, will always be a big part of my life. You know, this podcast is a great experience. But enough of that crap that uh, – Come on, you're make, you're uh, making me cry here. Yeah, exactly. There's not a dry eye in here. Just kidding. Totally. <laughs> all right. Um. So first of all, as is tradition, we've got our picks against the spread. And I'd like to say that I was right on a lot of things, but I was also wrong on a lot of things. And I think that's always how it goes because, honestly, we are not professional football analysis hold, hold people. Up. Before we go further, I just want to say, Last week, I made like a big deal about the CD East um, quarterback being a dual threat quarterback. And because he only had 34 rushing yards, Nick edited it out. He's like, I don't want you to look like a fool saying this guy is dual threat when he only has 34 rushing yards. Which is understandable. I think any of you guys out there would not consider 34 yards dual threat. I mean, but, Tommy Freiburg got that in one game. But. Well. One play, that's what I meant to say. But he ended up being a dual threat quarterback. So. Yes, he was fast, <laughs> but he didn't really break out. Not that only much. did they have one dual threat quarterback, they had two dual yeah, threat Yeah, that's true. They actually they had two quarterbacks <laughs> that they rotated pretty, pretty uh, independently. I mean, they, yeah. they were both pretty darn good. And neither really threw the ball. So I'd say. They're not dual threat quarterbacks, yeah, but, but the not thing is, But the thing is, they didn't really. They ran the ball a lot, and not not mostly the quarterback. They were definitely a rushing first team, which. And they we have talked two about really good running backs, but we will talk about that later. But first off, yes, that's my water pipe running for <laughs> those listening. Um, yeah, so the spread for this game. It was 17 points. I picked the under, and I was wrong. Everybody else picked the over, and they were right. And, and by everybody else, he means myself and Cam, our guest. Yep. So the final score, in case you don't know, was 39-15. So pretty decently over 17. I mean, not a ton, but... That was you know, a touchdown over 17. A fair amount. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, State College really showed a lot of things that we're looking for in this game, but we'll talk about that more later. For now, we'll move on. Um, also in the mid pen, pretty big game. Well, at least last year we would have con- we would have looked at this on the schedule and been like, "Wow, this is a game to watch because it's going to have playoff impl- implications." Well, not for one team, but but that's switched, the thing. It switched around. We that's said- the thing. If you saw yeah. this on the schedule, you would have said, "Wow, this is going to be a big game." But considering the fact that Cumberland Valley still has not won a game and that continues the trend here, if you're looking at this game. Um, in the off season, you're looking at the opposite way you're looking at now. So, like, now we're looking at it like, hey, Chambersburg had to win this game to have a chance at the playoffs. And now, and at the beginning of the season, we were like, hey, Cumberland Valley is going to win this game because they're a good team. And Chambersburg went 0-10 last year. So, 
But, you know, we won't stop dancing around the issue. Basically, Cumberland Valley at Chambersburg. Chambersburg was favored by 10 points, and they ended up winning 28-14. So, more than 10 points. Every one of us picked the over. Yeah, so we're all right, and that is very satisfying that three of us agree, and three of us were all correct on that. That is the only time that this happens. So, Although, uh, one game in the future, we were all almost correct. True. <laughs> we were close. Very close. Um, next, we've got McDowell at Holidaysburg. Um, this was interesting. I think a lot of us, you know, especially in the beginning of the season, we're looking at Holidaysburg as a pretty good team. You know, they beat Altoona. Um, and honestly, they, they looked better than they had in the last couple years. So both the um, spread was at 16 in favor of McDowell. And for some reason, both Nathan and I picked Holidaysburg. I don't know why. No, um, Cam and you picked Holidaysburg. Don't oh, throw this excuse one on me. me. Don't I'm throw sorry. this I'm loss. Looking at, I'm sorry. A big mistake on me. I'm looking at this <laughs> incorrectly. Myself and Cam both picked Holidaysburg, who lost 21-17 to McDowell. Nathan picked the under, and the spread was 16, so Nathan was 100% correct, and yeah. Cam and I were totally wrong. But, hey... That's what happens in football sometimes. Honestly, I think Holidaysburg is a pretty good team. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can say that at this point. But they definitely looked better at the beginning of this season than I think any of us expected. It's kind of a shame to see them sliding so far. And McDowell's a 6'8 top 10 team, so this was a huge improvement for Holidaysburg. This is a oh, yeah. I mean, 100% only, mental win. Only losing by four points to McDowell, that's a pretty big deal. So... Good on you, Hollisburg. You know, we've always known that you're decent. Hopefully you can become good at some point. I mean, they were good last year. They made it to the semifinals in 5A championship, but... Yeah. Maybe they'll do that in this year. And they always hey, seem to go get hot in November. Cumberland Valley was good last year, too. In fact, Nathan and I were just discussing. Uh, you want to explain Cum- to Cumberland me Cumberland Valley was stat? the number one ranked team in our side of the bracket. Which means they were ranked above Pine Richland in the playoffs. And now they're 0 and f- 0 and 6. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't so, get much more of a swing than that. Cumberland Valley, I mean, jeez. It is a total that's mess. That's a turnaround. It's a mess. Um, after that, uh, we've got an interesting one Altoona at Carlisle. Uh, the spread was at negative six for Carlisle. And honestly, um, this is one that we talked about how we weren't really sure how this was going to go because Altoona is by far the most inconsistent team we've seen. I mean, they're basically impossible to pick for. And they ended up scoring 49 stinging points against Carlisle. Yeah. So um, Altoona ended up winning 49-42. The spread was at negative six for Carlisle. I picked under, so I thought that Carlisle was going to win, and I thought, or excuse me, I picked over. So I thought Carlisle was going to win, and I thought they were going to put more points on Altoona than six. So I was extraordinarily wrong, and Nathan and Cam both picked Altoona for the win. So good on you guys. Yeah. But I did like really we said, well this week, except it's, for one game. It's basically <clears throat> a crapshoot because Altoona is just a mystery, really. I mean, they're good, but they can also be really, really bad. 
And it's notable to say that they didn't win by a ton, which, you know, say what you will about that. Next, we've got Harrisburg at Central Dauphin. Harrisburg was favored by nine points. Um, they ended up winning 20-5. to five. I picked the under. Nathan picked the under and the win for Central yeah, Dauphin. Yeah, um, Yeah, I just don't like Harrisburg, so I'm not going to pick for him. Although this week I probably will pick for him. And Cam picked the over. So he thought Harrisburg was going to win by more than nine points, which they did. So... The person that, uh, between the three of us that by far knows the least about football ended up being the only person that got this one right. So that's kind of ironic, but, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. I think Central Dolphins are a really good team, but Harrisburg's offense is looking better and better, and we'll talk about that more in a little bit. Um, that's... Meanwhile, <laughs> on Nathan's side of Nathan versus Mifflin County, Mifflin County keeps... Screwing them over <laughs> during the picks. Uh, Mifflin County was 20-point dogs against Big Spring. They ended up winning 18 to nothing. And guess who predicted that? <laughs> Yours truly, Nick Hossalter, thought that Mifflin County was going to pick up a win against Big Spring. And guess what they did? And me and Cam both picked the over. That was a 40-point. <laughs> that was a 38-point swing. Which is hilarious. So, for you guys, it would be even more than a 38-point swing because you thought that it would be more than that. Just like to point that out. Just like to put that out there. All right. And then we talked about this next game as a rivalry. Mannheim Township was in the top 10. They were favored by 19 points against Wilson. And Wilson ended up winning 16-14. to 14. Um, I think this was generally a surprise for all of us and we say that concerning the fact that myself and nathan and cam all picked the under which was 19 as said for manheim township so you know all of us didn't expect it to be that many points in favor and i think we all said that because it's a rivalry game you know we can expect something crazy but none of us expected something that crazy you know i mean manheim township is a clicked a really good team this year and wilson is you know kind of hot and cold, but they made it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You knew it was coming. <laughs> we should have picked you. <laughs> <laughs> Never pick against Wilson ever again. <laughs> Hopefully we don't, they're not in the, in the spread this week, so we won't be able to play that anymore. <laughs> but once we get to the playoffs, hopefully we'll see Wilson again so we can play that. <laughs> Our one sound bite. And um, then yep. we've got uh, Seneca Valley at North Allegheny. North Allegheny was favored by seven points. They ended up winning 10-6. to six. Um, We were all pretty much wrong on this one. I chose um, North Allegheny to, as the over, so I thought they'd score more than win by more than seven points. Nathan and Cam both picked Seneca Valley to win. So, we're all pretty much wrong on that. Some of us more than others. Wink, wink. But, well, listen, it doesn't I, really matter, honestly. I mean, it's yeah. fun when the Whippeal is like really like like the Big Ten East where they're just like all out fighting each other. And this was a this is a battle. This game was 10 6. It was a battle four quarters. Um, a very entertaining game. So, hopefully, one of these teams can pull an upset against Pine Ridgeland later. And, 
Oh, that would be amazing. I, I like to see those 10 to 6 scores. It's just something you feel like you don't get in football much anymore, you know? This pretty much punts Seneca Valley out of that uh, Whitfield Championships, though, so. Yeah. Sadly. <laughs> and then finally, we've got the uh, the big game of the week in terms of the Whitfield. It wasn't Seneca Valley at North Allegheny. It was Central Catholic at Pine Richland. Pine Richland was favored by 10 points, and they ended up winning 42-21. to And both Nathan and I picked over, and we were correct, and Cam picked under, and he was wrong. So, there you go. That's that's uh, last week's review. A um, couple surprises in there, um, but that's high school football, you know? So, I... It's, I think, overall, interesting week. It's fun to watch, you know? Yeah. Can't say High much more football. than that. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into this game review of the Central Dolphin East game. Oh, boy. Um, uh, it was a pretty good game, I'd say. Um, Chris Fowler and James Franklin were in attendance, of course. Uh, Chris Fowler went up in the student section and was like, you guys are the best high school students of all time or something. And that's the thing. See, he, he told them that they were the best student section. And oftentimes, when a celebrity says something like that, you're thinking, oh man, he's just saying that. But Nathan and I were standing right behind James Franklin and Chris Fowler. And the funny thing was, eventually at some point, I was like, yo, Nathan, you realize who that is standing next to James Franklin, right? He's like, oh no. I was like, dude. That is Chris Fowler. And I was looking for him, like, the whole night. And, and he I was literally see. standing right in front of him. And the shock on his face as he realized that he was close to a legend was, was like, pretty hilarious. <laughs> so, in any case, during that time, um, I actually heard Chris Fowler tell James Franklin that he was the best student section in high school football that he's ever seen. So, if you're saying that to another celebrity, right, and you're saying that on the sidelines where there's not many people around... You know, that's a genuine statement. He meant that. He wasn't just saying that to, to be all like, oh, you guys are the best, uh, you know. I think the best part of Chris Fowler being there was after the game, him asking the team, hey, what's the best place to eat and stay college? Harrison Skull and raises his hand, McDonald's. <laughs> it's like, that's Harrison. <laughs> so... Uh, Keaton Ellis said five guys, but we don't no, even that have was five Isaiah. guys. We don't even have a five guys. Yeah, we do. College. We do? Yeah. Where is it? It's next to Little Szechuan downtown. I don't even know where that is. All right. You know where, um, you know where the Golden Walk used to be? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, never mind. It's, okay. It's, it's on College Avenue. It's, I'm surprised you haven't, you didn't know that. I would have definitely eaten at Five Guys more if I knew it was here. <laughs> In any case, um, good times overall. I caught a fantastic picture of Chris Fowler smiling in the student section with everyone going nuts around him. He looks like Ronald Reagan in that picture, more and so than usual. That photo is also the feature photo on our article on westernpafootball.net. Yes, if you want to check so. it out, go see it. It's an awesome photograph. Definitely my favorite one I've taken all year. And I'm pretty sure it's getting in the yearbook, according to some inside sources. You know who you are, if you're listening, which you're probably not. Yeah, Helena Haynes, you're listening. Probably not listening. <laughs> in any case, um, it was a fun time. It's cool to see Chris Fowler and James Franklin there, you know. Yeah. Although um, James Franklin left in, like, the middle of the first quarter. No, <laughs> no, dude. He, he, he went to the other sideline, and then he left at halftime. Okay. Well, the reason... 
he might have left in the middle of the first quarter is because Keaton Ellis ran back the opening kickoff, and then a few plays later, he got injured and left the game for the rest of the game. So now we don't think that it's we don't think that it's like anything super serious, you know. Like by I the mean, time he was probably feeling better, it was probably like something to seven, a lot, a lot to seven. So yeah, so we we really didn't need him much in that game. Yeah, by so, the time he was healthy again, it was like yeah, twenty three to seven. So. <laughs> It, yeah, up by a couple t- and... up by a couple touchdowns, and obviously you don't want to risk the star player getting injured again. So, you know, I, I mean, he, he was walking around a little bit. He had his helmet off. He was hanging out. He looked pleased. You know, so it wasn't. Re- it's not a big deal. It's just, you know, something to note for future. Um, so I just want to get into. Oh wait! First, before we get into it, we oh, got to okay. shout shout out to CV Gutoff who got his first rush of his career varsity in career. varsity it was like a six yard brush or something and i gotta be honest we didn't actually see it because yeah we... i stopped keeping score after conrad morkett when the game i was like okay this is this is wasting my time now. so yeah. so but apparently according to stevie he had a six yard rush so yay <laughs> he's probably like i don't know Whatever. It's Stevie got off. How can not love him? So we're happy for him. Good job. Um, after after um, the Penn State loss, uh, Stevie knows what I'm talking about. Basically, after the Virginia Tech loss to ODU last week, him and Jack Ones were like, hey, look at this score. Virginia Tech lost. So after the Penn State loss, I was like, must not do the same thing. Must not. Well, the difference is. <laughs> must not tweet at Stevie Gutoff. The difference is that Penn State lost to a team that was ranked five spots ahead of them. And Virginia Tech lost hey, to a team that's ODU never good. Hey, you see ODU almost beat East Carolina last week. Like, yeah, and they would, might how actually would you, be good. How would you feel if you got beat by East Carolina? We've gotten beat by East Carolina so many times. <laughs> Seriously. Like, beside ODU, East Carolina is like the one kryptonite for Virginia Tech. Because we have this stupid series with them where, where we play them every year. And it's annoying. Basically, yeah. we play them every single year, home and home, for like the last fifteen years, and we hate it. And East Carolina loves it because of, because sometimes they can actually like get that upset here yeah. and there, and they've done that. Like after we beat number eight Ohio State, East Carolina came up and just at we were at home and ranked like fifteenth, and East Carolina was like, nope. <laughs> and they won on a last-second field goal. And I was at that game, and it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, but you know what game wasn't horrible? State College at CD East. What a transition to <laughs> whatever we were talking about just then. Yeah. This this always devolves into college football. It has to at some yeah. point. And don't even talk to me about the NFL. It's an inferior sport, in my opinion. College and high school are so much better. The commercial breaks alone are enough to freaking make me want to die all right so we came out first play of the game keaton ellis off of a handoff from cohen russell on the opening kickoff takes it 100 yards touchdown probably not 100 yards but it was a touchdown boom handed off at like the five yard line yeah and this was not like a blown coverage sort of deal he had to beat some people you know he had to juke some people out he had to show off his speed really impressive run i mean you could see the uh 
it made a bit of an impression on James Franklin. I don't want to say that he was shocked, but you can see he was like, oh, man, that's nice. That's nice, you know. Him and Chris Fowler might have shared a nice little golf clap because we were all standing right down by the end zone where he scored in, so it was right in front of our faces. Pretty awesome looking. Um, besides then, that, um, Cohen Russell really was a big part of this game. Uh, he was my standout offensive player, you know. Cohen Russell had a um, field goal block return for touchdown. I think it was either a punt or a field goal. Oh, it was and a field he, goal. And the amazing part about that is he blocked the field goal himself and then picked it up and ran in for touchdown himself. So he does it all, man. And then he also had a rush for a touchdown. Did he have two rushes for touchdowns? Let me check here. I don't think he did, but... In any case... Oh, he had a he had a screen pass for a touchdown, a rush for a touchdown, and a block field goal for a touchdown. Yeah. Cohen Russell did it all this game. Yeah, it we was awesome. We don't even need Keaton Ellis. <laughs> Just kidding, we do. It was fun to watch. It really was. Um, you know, it's before, if you watched our live show... Um, or if you, you know, watched it after it was uploaded, Cam and I both talked about how we thought that Cam or Cohen was gonna be especially motivated because he had just received an offer to be a preferred walk-on at Penn State. James Franklin actually came to State High. Um, I know there's a lot of buzz about that. I'm sure most of you guys have probably heard that about Cohen. Um, it's pretty big news, but we thought that he was gonna be especially motivated. Uh, to to perform with James Franklin there, especially after he got it, somewhat of an offer, and um, according to him, that wasn't his motivation. He played it like every other game, but he certainly performed in his best game yet this year. And we asked him after the game, we were like, "Hey, did the did the preferred walk on offer?" influence your play at all and he was like no 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 I, I i just want to go out there and help my team win and i was like oh <laughs> good man Cohen russell you're a good man it was impressive it really was it's a lot of fun to watch and his um actually his rushing touchdown i uh almost interrupted chris fowler during his rushing touchdown i was i was going to introduce myself and shake his hand and be in the presence of a great man and I didn't realize that the ball had already been snapped. And so he turned around and he's like, hold on, I got to watch this play. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> and then Cohen Russell gets the ball handed off. He runs on kind of a sweep and then reverses when he sees that there's nothing there. He um, like ran into like this huge mass and and then just like bounced off and then ran the opposite way. And I was Yeah, like, <laughs> and everyone was kind of pushed on the left edge of the field and he turned that corner and there was nobody on the right and he scored and then i was i told the, uh, mr fowler i was like i'm very glad that you stopped me because it would have been a real <laughs> shame to make you miss that touchdown because it was quite impressive although he did score two more so yeah but still <laughs> it was cool honorable mention on the offensive side we thought we'd mention him um jeremy bullock also had a couple catches here and there um Jason green had a couple quality runs uh, they were those three guys were really the offensive generators, electric generators, which you did not have for the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if we'd call Jeremy like super electric, but the fact of the matter is, he was able to pick up a couple first downs. You know, he was able to move the chains. He made the catches that he should have. He blocked well as always, and really, we got the performance that we've kind of been expecting from him all year. You know, last game he 
definitely did better, and I think this game is really when we're starting to see the kind of performance that we've been expecting and hoping for. So it's good. It's good to see, you know. There's improvement. There was definitely some questions earlier in the year about his ability to catch the ball, but I think that's mostly been resolved. As for the state high offense, as we move into the defense, I just want to say that the offense did not play super well in the first quarter, but they came out and they were like, hey, we got we to gotta ship up here. And uh, Cohen Russell just led the team, especially after Keaton Ellis left. Um, and I, Tommy Freiberg had an off night, but, I mean, three for six with two interceptions is pretty an off night. Um, and that's something that we're definitely going to need. That was probably the one negative in the entire game um, was just Tommy Freiberg re- really struggling. I mean, he didn't have a lot of attempts, but yeah, like <laughs> one of the that those are Carlisle numbers. No offense to Tommy Freiberg, but one of the interceptions was I felt especially dangerous. Um, he threw to Cohen Russell on a deep ball, probably like twenty thirty yard pass. Cohen Russell was in double coverage, and honestly, if there's one receiver that you don't want to throw deep to in double coverage, it's Cohen Russell, just because, well, he's very short, you know? <laughs> I mean, obviously, Cohen certainly proved his worth in the rest of the game, but he's certainly not the kind of height that you typically want at a downfield threat, and I feel like I, as soon as I saw Cohen and that ball coming towards him, I knew it was going to happen because there's just no way he was able to get over those guys. And we thought this game would be the game where we'd see the play calling open up, and boy, was it not. (laughs) Much of the game was just, hey, was just Drayson Green and Isaiah Edwards just pounding it out in the middle over and over and over again, and that's where the weak spot in their defense was. It was right down the defensive tackles, and we just kept running for three, four yards over and over. So, I which mean, is, that's how you beat a team like that. Which so. is exactly the problem that we've been having all year, as we've yeah. discussed at length. <laughs> so now we're giving another team, uh, we're taking out our anger in that regard on a different team, which is kind of funny to watch. It's not really our style, you know. State College, much like Penn State, seems to rely a lot on deep balls, explosive offense, you know, speed. And today we took more of a... Uh, Wisconsin approach but you know what it works and it certainly worked against CD East and I think that's a good way to neutralize the uh, natural speed that you've seen from their corners and their linebackers you know if we're able to just open up holes try to make a quick you know effective efficient rush for a long time that can really wear down a defense but against Harrisburg we're gonna need to throw the ball a lot because Harrisburg has guys they got D1 guys on their line and definitely in their linebacking core. Like so I I really wanted this to almost be like a preparation game, like a pre pre-game for the Harrisburg game because both teams are Central Dauphin East and Harrisburg. Central Dauphin East is basically a smaller Harrisburg. They have a ton of athletes, they have a ton of guys on, at the linebacker spot. Um they have a, a lot of athletes, um, so I, I just wanted to see us just open up the playbook a little bit, and we didn't see that yet. So, Yeah, and we'll see against Harrisburg. I think it's definitely going to be more of a necessity. 
CD East was a game that we certainly didn't want to mess around with, you know? We know that they have the potential to beat us, but they really weren't favored heavily to beat us. I mean, we felt fairly comfortable about this game, but we are certainly taking it seriously. Uh, the next one is going to be different, you know? This is really any man's game. I think Harrisburg is probably favored in this game. Is that correct? Somewhat. Yes, by 10 points. 10 puntos. Yeah, Diaz and puntos. I mean, I don't think Harrisburg is ranked as high as us right now, but they have some pretty impressive stats so far, and so that's our personal opinions. You know, I think we definitely have the ability to win this game, and I think if we play our best, we should, but that's a big if, you know. So, uh, just going through Harrisburg's schedule, you've got a win. Hold, hold <clears throat> up, hold up. Defense. Ah, yes. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry for the transition. All right. Just, Almost just, missed it. Just quick. State College defense was lights out awesome. They were able to stop the run for what seems like the first time in the season. I mean, we saw it against Chambersburg a little bit, but Tyson Brennan and the guys in the middle were, were really, really, really good. And we we haven't seen them been able to stop a ton of guys just rushing straight at them and they did really well they really beside like two or three rushes i thought bryce baker who is their like star running back really couldn't get anything going all night except for like two or three rushes um they had the most of the time they ran ashton morrison and david neong who are not power backs they're more shifty backs and the we, we were able to stop them a, relatively easy as well so State high defense is really prepared for this game, and hopefully they keep it up against... <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I definitely saw... This was an aggressive game. You know, both sides seem to be playing very tough football. I mean, um, there was a... Uh, Buha had a, had a call for... That's also... Unnecessary roughness. Just a tease. There may be a very, very special video coming out soon. Maybe a state high football hype playoff trailer. Ahem. Ahem. Um, and that hit's going to be in there <laughs> whether you like it or not. So. Yeah, so <laughs> Buha absolutely mashed a kid. Uh, he was coming across on a slant route, dropped the ball, and he Buha was right on top of him, and he just completely lit him up. I mean, it was beautiful except for the fact that the refs called it for unnecessary roughness which was a very questionable call and of course our sideline was very fired up about that as they should be um but it was really awesome to watch i'll tell you that it was one of those hits where everyone in the stadium could hear it and it was really awesome yeah so it was <laughs> i mean it was this... a fun game to watch for the defense yeah and the defense, again, we were able to stop the run, and even though we were able to stop the run, it was like we they weren't even really testing our secondary, which was Ellisless most of the game. So, like, they maybe had, like, three or four passing attempts. So it was, it was a rough night for CD East offense, which we knew going into this game wasn't terrible. I mean, they weren't amazing, but they weren't terrible either. So... All right, now we can move into Harrisburg. Bum bum bum. Hold on. This is this is really. Hold on, I got I gotta pull up the right music for this. Ah, oh, jeez. I just gotta. 
this week on Saturday Afternoon Football, we got the State College Little Lions against the Harrisburg Cougars. Kane Everson, quarterback of the Harrisburg Cougars, and Andre White Jr., the linebacker of the Cougars, both D1 commits going into the game against Keaton Ellis and Cohen Russell. A game full of stars, athletes, and fun all around for the whole family. Be there or be square. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> and by fun for the and by fun for the whole family, we mean that Harrisburg is such a sketchy town that they have to play on Saturdays that people are not at Friday. No, they night. don't even have lights in the field. That's why. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, my gosh. All right, so Harrisburg is a really freaking good team. So where this is going to be the biggest test we faced all year. This by far. is going to be. This is huge. This is the only team we lost to the last two years. This is every. This is our new rival. This should be the rival every year. Yeah. This team is full of talent. This team has full. Their defense is loaded. Their defense just shut down Central Dolphin last week. Well, more importantly, they scored a lot of points on Central Dolphin, who has a very good defense. And Kate Everson, who transferred from Central Dolphin East, is like really, really staying good. Um. This this team has everyone. I mean, look look at this. They've only given up five points in their last three games, and they played Central Dauphin, Cumberland Valley, CD East. We played Carlisle and Chambersburg, and we gave up over thirty points. That's like <laughs> their defense is so loaded, and it's gonna take like our offensive line is gonna have to have a perfect game. Our Tommy Freiburg is going to be comatose for the whole game. So th this is going to be th this is going to be fun because <laughs> this is the biggest game of the weekend by far. This game determines where you go in the playoffs. This game determines the mid-pen winner. Everything everything about the season is matters in this game. And when we after this game we'll see what happens to Central Dolphin. Yeah. Um, this is, like you said, this is really, really important game. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of insight into Harrisburg, their wins so far this year, uh, include Redding, which they beat 74-16, Cedar Cliff, 46-13, CD East, 42-0, Cumberland Valley, 45-0, and Central Dauphin, 20-5. So, yeah, they, they're pretty darn good. <laughs> And their only loss comes to Coatesville in the first game of the season, 37-6, um, which we talked about at length a while ago, and really doesn't seem like that important of a factor these days, because Harrisburg has proved themselves. Um, Harrisburg has a lot of good players. Um, standouts on the offense include Kane Everson, who is just a baller. Um, yeah, he is an army commit. Yeah, <laughs> which is awesome. I'm all for Army. There's no the only team that I wouldn't want to see Army beat is Penn State, and even that I would be happy with it largely. Yeah, I root Army Navy game. I'm rooting for Army every year just because they're the Army and Navy's for a bunch of scrubs. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the only people who root for Navy in that game are like 
actual Navy people. Yeah, my uncle was in the <laughs> Navy, and he, of course, roots for Navy. Bunch of floaters. <laughs> um, so, Kane Everson and Jameer, Jameer Plant is their primary running back. Dante Kent is their primary wide receiver with Ryan Elgant in the slot. They have a ton of weapons beside those four, but those four are the standouts. Um, their offensive line has a lot of meat. Uh, they're going to be hard to get past, especially without Titus Thompson and possibly without Cole Urbis. So I I don't think we're gonna have Cole Urbis in that game. We don't have anything definite, but we haven't seen him play hardly at all or at all in the last couple games. And Kevin Kurzinger is gonna have to just light up some people for us oh, yeah. to generate pressure in this game because. There's not. There's just not. Addison Darcy has to be in the backfield on every play, and even then, Kane Everson can make plays with his feet. So, uh, we're gonna need a lot of. I mean, we're gonna need the outside linebackers to blitz a lot, um, to to generate pressure. Um, th- this is not a good matchup for their offense against our defense. I don't. I don't like it one bit. Uh, this is this is smelling like not good stuff. This is smelling like r- really not great. But <laughs> but the other thing is, I think we feel more confident about our defense this week than yeah. any other week before. I mean, if if we gave up, that's the thing. If we still struggled against the run, I mean, Jameer Plant isn't a super. He isn't a power back by any means. Um, but if we struggled against the run the last week and the week before, that I would say this is we're toast, and we're still, we're still golden crisp, but we're not <laughs> toast yet. <laughs> so, and especially if we see um, relatively healthy play by Sammy Knipe and Keaton Ellis, um, if those guys can light it up in the secondary, I feel like. We can. We have a much better chance. Uh, you know, we've talked about all season how our secondary is one of our biggest strengths. Even though it's not very deep, we have some big stars there. Um, if they play really well, I think we have a much better chance. Just because, you know, like they always say, if you can make a team one-dimensional, that's how you win. And this is going to be a difficult team to make one-dimensional because they have a lot of dimensions to them. This is a fractal-dimensional team, and where I don't think we have. This is going to be interesting for sure. Uh, their defense, of course, has really meet a lot of meat on their D line, <laughs> as usual. Um, you can expect at least one or two guys over the three hundred pound mark on their D line. Um, uh, Andre White, of course, Mister Texas A&M commit from Harrisburg. Uh, he used to be the number six or five or six player in the state. Now he's still around there. Of course, Keaton Ellis got moved up. Uh, Andre White is uh, there. That's going to be a difficult challenge for Tommy Freiberg. That's something he hasn't faced all year. Is just a really, really good linebacker that can read him. Um, that we're he's going to have to do some tricks, jump or jump through some hoops for this game. Yeah, and honestly, I think if if he can you know, improve his passing game, but also continue to be a threat in the running game. That's really going to open things up a lot for us. You know, try to make it dynamic. And the other thing is, um, one thing that I really am confident, that makes me feel a lot better about the situation, is that our offense is extremely 
multi-dimensional, you know. I mean, the fact that you have a quarterback that can run the ball, we have deep threats in Keaton Ellis, we have slot threats in Cohen, you know, we've seen that we can do a power rushing game, we have outside rushing game, and our screens have I think, continued to be a big problem for I teams. I think our multi-dimensional offense is only as good as the offensive line is against their defensive line. Yeah, but the thing is, there are things you can do to minimize that, you know. I mean, if they, if they try it, to, it if they bring yeah. blitz, you know, just like we saw with Penn State versus Ohio State, if you blitz a lot, if you're having problems protecting the quarterback, oftentimes screen passes during that pressure can gain a lot of yardage. I mean, Haskins, as many of you guys that watched the game saw, is not very good on the outside. You know, he can't really scramble, but he was able to throw the balls quick in screens, and that's how they beat us. I think if we're able to do something similar to try to neutralize that defensive line, uh, that would be, I'd be per, that that would make me feel better about the game, and I think we're up for the task because, you know, we know Ellis and Russell and Green can all be very good on the screen pass. If our offensive line is able to stop their defensive line consistently, um, this is going to be a close game. I I don't trust our defense enough to say that our defense will be the reason why we'll win. But I think our offense will be the reason why we're able to keep it close if we do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this this is the game. This is the season. This is the game where you find out are you are you Central Dolphin or are you Coatesville, and do you have a right to be in that conversation? Because Harrisburg knows they have a right to be in that conversation. They're still pissed they lost to Coatesville in week one. Um, and Co- Coatesville, St. Joe's, Pine Richland, they're all blowing out everybody um, by 20 pl- points or more. Uh, we didn't, and we are starting to do that, but we are playing some way lesser opponents. This is a huge step up. Um, and this is the game where you determine is the hype real or is the hype not real. Yeah. So, is this going to be another semifinal loss or a round of eight loss, or is this going to be a team that could possibly go all the way? Because we're hearing from the team, they think they have the guys to go all the way. This is where you finally get a real test. Yeah. This is if you want to if you want to come out to an away game, this would be a fantastic one to go. It's a Saturday, you know. You don't. You don't have to go out on a Friday night. You don't have to come back ridiculously early in the morning, you know, 1 or 2 in the morning. It's a Saturday afternoon game. Uh, you can get back in time to watch some college football still. If you want to make it out, it's going to be awesome. Listen, I think this team can beat Central Dauphin. I think this team has the guys to beat Central Dauphin. Central yeah. Dauphin hasn't shown a lot the last couple of weeks. Um, Harrisburg is the one team where you're like, uh-oh. Because you look at their defense, they don't have a weakness on defense. You look at their offense, they don't have an off a weakness on offense. And we have injuries everywhere, it seems like. And if we want to beat this team, we got to stay on the field, first of all. Um, yeah. We can't, Keaton Ellis can't get hurt every other play. Like, like it's been happening the last and, two and games. And James Pone as and well. And Isaiah Edwards and... It, it the list goes on. It it we, and we can't have dumb dumb penalties as well. We can't have Conrad Moore with an obvious targeting penalty 
a mile away from the field. We can't have that happen against this team. And yeah. this team hasn't been very disciplined the last three weeks. Well, I don't know if I'd agree with that. I mean, there's been a couple egregious instances, but I think overall we haven't had we haven't had holding penalties. You know, we haven't had offsides penalties. We haven't had false start it's, penalties. It's just been dumb penalties after the whistle, really. Yeah. And that's 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 what's gonna kill you. Yeah. Like I I think we're yeah. more disciplined in general. Uh you just gotta keep their motions in check, you know. I think really it's looking like a much better disciplined team than against Mifflin County. I mean, you gotta agree with that at least, right? No? I mean Hey, fair enough, <laughs> you know. Here at the State College Football <laughs> Podcast, we are famous for our dissenting opinions. That's what makes it interesting, right? Are you are you saying they're as disciplined as they were against Mifflin County or as they are disciplined as Mifflin County? No, I'm saying they're more disciplined than they were against Mifflin County. I don't the know. The team, the team. There are certain individuals that have been questionable, but the team has not had a I'd lot say, of penalties. I'd say St. Augustine and Holidaysburg were the two best games. But besides those two games, it's been it's been here and there where we we'll just do something stupid and extend a drive or we can't make this game we can't make mistakes in this game no i totally agree with you i just don't think that we've had as many penalties as we had in the first couple weeks for sure yeah and not by as many different people that's what i'm trying to say it might still have the same impact but most people are looking better let's just put it that way all right moving on not moving on. <laughs> oh, All right, not? what is your score prediction for this game before we pick the the spread? But isn't that kind of a score prediction? All right, we'll bit? just do that. Whatever. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> All right, uh, score prediction is. Let's see here. Um, I'm gonna go with. Hmm. I don't think it'll be super high scoring, but certainly not ridiculously low scoring. Um, let's go with. State College 27, Harrisburg 25. He's so biased. (laughs) I'm going... Hey, dude, listen, listen. Here's the thing. Not only am I biased, but I think that State College has the ability to beat Harrisburg, and I'm an optimist, so I'm going for it. I think they have the ability to beat Harrisburg. I don't think it's as big as you think it is. I think... Oh, no, I don't think it's big at all, but that's what I want to happen, so that's what I'm going to say is going to happen. So, naturally, you are picking a State College win against the spread. I am picking Harrisburg over with Harrisburg winning 38-20. to 20. Wow. I don't think that's going to be... I think if Harrisburg think wins, it's not going to be anywhere near that I much. think that is, that is probable. I didn't say likely. I said it is probable. I would give that pre- score prediction like a... Like around there... A probably like a seventy percent or sixty percent chance of happening. Wouldn't you consider that likely? No, likely is like eighty five percent. All right. Well, I think we're not gonna get caught it's up. Probable. <laughs> we're not gonna get caught up in semantics. So, um, all right, that's our picks against the spread. Hopefully, State College pulls out this win. I'm I'm a fan, but I I don't think. I don't I don't like this game. I don't like the time. I don't like I don't 
I don't like how good Harrisburg is. <laughs> and we we going into the season, we thought they were good, and after the first week, we're like, ah, Coatesville, they're we know they're really good, but Harrisburg really should have given given them a better, much better of a game. And if you lose this game by more than ten points, you're out of that conversation. You're out of that category of teams. You're in that you're in that Virginia Tech area or Penn State area where you're like. We're 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 great, but we want to be elite, and we're not there yet. And I think this is the year where you could be elite. So if you lose by more than ten points to Harrisburg, you are over rank, ranking yourself. That that just or you you just might might have had an off day. So. And we will have a lot to discuss next and an, week. An off day is totally possible against Harrisburg at one o'clock in the freaking morning. <laughs> so one o'clock in the afternoon. One o'clock in the afternoon is one o'clock in the morning. We're high school students. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. This what? is a overly long intro. There we go. What is this? What is this? Monday night football game. Mid pen. <laughs> Yeah. This is like the worst song ever. I hate this song. <laughs> I grew up listening to this song every week. All right, so every week, back when I lived in Maryland, me and my friend who lived across the street, we were like best friends, and we would just wait all week until Monday night when we got to hear that song. Because we were like, because Monday Night Football is the game. We were like, oh, we can't wait to see what words he puts into the same song about each team and that's the hank williams jr are you ready for some football they played it before every monday night football game <laughs> oh my gosh i did not agree to this i did not know this was happening all right so are you ready for some picks against the spread the weekly uh segment of this show where we just have some fun uh, Central Dolphin are 20, 20 point favorites at Altoona. Altoona is at home and they have been kind of consistent at home, kind of. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Central Dolphin is 20 points favorite. Central Dolphin is going to be upset about losing against Harrisburg last week by 15 points. Um, do you think Central Dolphin offense is good enough to beat Altoona by 20 points? And I think they are. What do you think? Um, I'm picking the over. I think they are, but I don't think they will. I'm going to go with the under. Just to be contradictory. <laughs> no, really. I, I had my mind set before you said a word. Chambersburg is three-point favorites at Central Dolphin East. Interesting spread that I created myself. Uh, do you think Central Dolphin East will win? I think Chambersburg. I think it'll be an under, but Chambersburg will still win. So that's, that's that's stretching that three point spread a little thin. That's but. a very that's a very dangerous game you're playing. I'm going with the CD win. Come on, it's a Chambersburg game. Who cares? 
All right. Um, next, we've got Carlisle favored by six points at Cumberland Valley. I think Carlisle wins by more. I mean, it's really difficult to pick in favor of Cumberland Valley these days. What do you think? I think I'm going to stretch myself thin again, and I'm going to pick the under but not the win. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the chances of me getting these right are dropping by the second. <laughs> um, Waynesboro is going at Mifflin County. Mifflin County riding high off a two-game winning streak. What? Um, Waynesboro is not that good at all. But I don't pick against but, Mifflin County. Waynesboro, under and win. Let's go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Um, right. I'm going with over because... Mifflin County treated me well last week, and I believe that they will do the same this week. Next up, we got two top 10 teams in 6A. We got Downingtown West. Both Downingtown West and Downingtown East are in the top uh, 10 in 6A. Coatesville is number two. Um, the Coatesville are favored by 14 points at home, and I think that it'll be under because... Even though Coatesville has like blown out by thirty every single team they've played, uh, I think I think West will give them a more a more of a game than any other team. Um, I am continuing my trend of going over the last three and sticking with Coatesville because I think they are too good for Downingtown. I mean, Coatesville I think is like you said they're in that conversation of elite. I feel like this is an easy pick for me. So. All right. Next up, we got predictions. Predictions. What are we predicting? Bop. Da dum bum. <laughs> All right. What are you predicting, Nicholas Hosshalter? Um. Before hmm. we we never think of our predictions before this segment. Yeah. See, <laughs> we want you to listen to the the sudden distraught nature of our voice as we try to come up with something on the spot so you want me to go first eh as always all right yeah, i'm bro. gonna predict that hmm you know what? i'm gonna go i'm gonna go a little strange on this one i predict that cam renfrew is gonna make all of his field goals on saturday but what if he doesn't even attempt a field goal because i feel like that could that's a Option. Then, then he would technically be a hundred percent, wouldn't he? If he's zero for zero, that's a hundred percent, right? No. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> All right. Look, I'm not a math genius. Okay, he will make every single attempted field goal. How about that? Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's my prediction. All right. Just, just a weather update before I pick mine. It's supposed to have scattered showers in Harrisburg on Saturday morning. Hmm, interesting. Maybe that could play into it. That would be very interesting. I mean, usually whenever this team goes to Harrisburg, it's like brutally hot in there because their field is turf and they play at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's always like the heat is going to kill you. And that that's like a super home field advantage that Harrisburg has over everyone else. So what if it rained? That would be interesting. Wet I, ball I drills know. for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what's your prediction? What is my prediction? Um, my prediction is that 
Dang, I almost had one. Uh, my prediction is that Brady Dorner will score a touchdown in this game. <laughs> they huh. won't. They won't be accounting for him, and then boom, he'll just score a touchdown. Wow, that I I like that. Um, that's that's neat. I I hope that comes true. I think that's a that's an interesting prediction. Nice job. Because they'll be accounting for Cohen Russell and Keaton Ellis and all the weapons we have, and then he'll just like, boom, Brady Dorner touchdown. All right, I like it. We should probably finish this up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in conclusion, uh, we've got a good game last week. We played well in general. Offense looked decent. Defense looked better and better over the last couple weeks. But we're going to have to up the game big time against Harrisburg, who is truly elite. Um, we can do it, but it's going to be tough. Um, so if you want to get live updates on that game because you don't want to make the trek all the way out, you can follow me at NickHoss75. Because he is going, I guess. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to go. I originally didn't think I'd be able to make it because of work. But as far as I can tell, I'm off this Saturday, which is interesting because I work pretty much every Saturday. But hopefully I'll be there, and it'll be a good time. Uh, I'll take lots of pictures. If you guys want those pictures, send me an email, uh, nickcost 75 at gmail.com, or you can send me a message on Twitter, whatever works. And we are using a new microphone today, and it looks like there wasn't any problems with it because we were listening on our headphones through this whole thing, and it looks like we're going to be able to use this audio so hallelujah we got it to work now i believe there might have been a little clicking about halfway through i don't think there was i if think you, we got through it good if you hear that just uh we apologize it's you know been a bit I of a think, struggle no we're not even gonna acknowledge it we did perfect we got it to work it was it was it's a 10 we got it the best episode 10 out of 10 oh, <laughs> Come on, that was the perfect outro! No! <laughs> no, dude, we've got to do our traditional outro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we still have to do plugs. Uh, if you want to listen to this podcast on CastBox, look it up on CastBox. We are also on... If you, like, Google us, we're also on Player FM, which I guess is, like, a public radio station, which I didn't even put us on that, but that's cool. It's like It's like a public thing where you can, like, look up basically any podcast that exists. So I guess they just took it off somewhere. But we're also on Apple Podcasts. So if you're on the Apple Podcasts or CastBox, you can look up our website underneath, even though I have I stopped updating it because we don't even post anything there anymore. We all post all our stuff on westernpafootball.net, which I will have a preview article up for this game because this game is huge on there. Uh, what am I forgetting? Oh, if you want to email us, you can email us at NathanGrell at gmail.com or NickHoss at 75 at gmail.com. You can also look us up on Twitter at NickHoss75 or NathanGrella. Uh, that's G-R-E-L-L-A, not Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and You know that's... how many times I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much all we've got for you guys this week. Um, it's been good. Uh, this is the State College Football Podcast. Go Little Lions. Saturday afternoon. And we're ready to rock. Time to catch all the hits, the bangs, and the blocks. It's a Pennsylvania 6A championship. Season driving in full gear. State College Football Podcast. Big party the first year. We gotta get ready. We gotta get right. 
Saturday afternoon. Football's coming on tonight. So get ready. I mean, get ready. Are you ready for some high school? Football! Saturday afternoon. <laughs>